0: The theme of this stuff is, it can, is going to be that it's really better not to make vows at all than to make vows. Even if you fulfill them, we'll see that that there is a at about that. But um, generally, uh, making a vow is a dangerous thing to do. And sociologically, really, only people of, of low quality uh, make vows often. People who are high quality, who are honest, don't need to make vows because if they commit to doing something, they'll do it. Uh, they're uh, they're reliable. They're honest. They don't have to vow to say, "Oh look, yes, I'm you know I'm telling the truth." Um, generally, even. Even now, you see people of uh, you know, see when someone's v- making swears all the time, right? You know, I, I swear I don't like this ice cream. You know, I vow this is the the best thing that ever happened. I I swear that um, I paid my bill. Um, it means that this person is probably not so trustworthy. Okay, with that in mind, the Mishnah is going to talk about Yadot, abbreviations, and wonder about this. Kinidre <inaudible> Shaim Nadar Benazir Instead of saying a whole full formula that I I will be a Nazir or anything like that, um, someone says, I am going to accept upon myself this obligation or not, like the vows of the wicked. So generally the wicked do make a lot of vows and therefore that is a valid abbreviation. And so if he says it in the context of a Nazir, then he is a Nazir. If he said it in the context of saying this is going to be a Korban, um, like Nidre R'shaim, it is a Korban. And if it's a Shavua, an oath that he's going to do something or not do something, then it is valid. On the other hand, if he says um, this thing will be Ke Nidre Kesherim, well in that case he said nothing because kesherim, virtuous people. Do not make vows, and so um, that, that would be not a um, not a valid um, uh, abbreviation. For a vow. On the other hand, even within kitzu if he said so the only thing, why, the only time it doesn't work within keshirim is if he makes a neder. Um, but if he says like their free will offerings, then it is acceptable. It is a, a good a valid abbreviation. In that case, nadar ben azir or korban and it will effectuate him becoming a nazir or having to offer a korban. The idea is that, I'll explain is that when you give a nedava a free will offering there you're doing it from the goodness of your heart and you're uh, excited to do it so there you, then you're going to fulfill it but it also seem to make a distinction that nedava applies to the animal itself the item itself and so there's less risk because if the animal dies then uh, that you don't have to you don't have to replace it uh, whereas nidre is the more general category including shivua which is upon oneself and in that case, if I say, I'm going to bring a, a, an animal for an olah, even if, it, if the one I have in mind gets lost, I have to bring another one. So it's uh, more responsibility for, uh, to bring a shivua. So kishirim will not put themselves in that high level of responsibility because who knows what will, what will go wrong. Since kishirim, do not say nedarim shavuat. If you say, this obligation is upon me, like nidre kishirim, it's nothing. But if you say, like, like, uh, then that will apply in the context of Nazir or in the context of Korban, will apply to the animal itself. All right, that's the general rule. Gemara we'll discuss. Gemara. V'dil lo nadarna. Wait a second. If someone just says, this item is like nidre shaim, how do you know that that means he's taking the obligation upon himself? Maybe saying the opposite, that I am not making a vow like the ones, like the vows of the wicked, I mean, most people—they're not going to want to associate themselves with wicked people. So they—they they might say it's like saying "bilineedet," not like a shame. How do we know what he means? Shaim Oh, it's talking about a case where he, we we the Mishnah only quoted two words, but actually he said three words. He said Shaim or Shaim alai, or Shaim In any of those three cases, it's clear that he does want to make himself. Uh, obligated like the uh, like vows that the sha'im make. Not that he's going to be a Asha. It would be like today if there's a group of people that you know swear a lot, like sailors. So you say, "I take upon this, this my to, I, I take upon this obligation uh, to myself," like the vow of sailors. Uh, instead of saying, "I vow this," which is a clear formula, he's referencing something that this group does. So then, yes, all these three are valid. Each of these three um, words would effectuate a different type. Type of obligation, hareni If he says, k'nresh I am like the vows of the wicked. So he's taking upon himself to be a nazir. That means hareni, because usually the normal language would be hareni nazir. So now he's saying hareni with... um a, a, sli- a slightly different uh, formula. Or he says, Alay, upon me, so he's accepting upon himself an obligation of a kulban, be kulban. Hemenu bishvu'ah, if he says, from this, then that means I am restric- restricting myself from this, from your food, from chocolate. Uh, then that would be the language of a shivu'ah, and these are valid because the Sha'im often do make nedarim, so that works. any nizirut, and now we ask wait a second the word had does that really uh, always make a person a nazir it could be a lot of things maybe he says i am going to be uh, i'm going to fast all right i am i am accepting my, by myself that i will be in a state of fasting that's just also a normal formula so how do we know when he just says the word hareni what he means is talking about where a nazir as passes in front of him you could tell he has long hair and uh, he looks at the nazir and he says shaim harani right by the by the vows of evil above evil i am going to be like that so then he will be a nazir we're not talking about by the way the shaim of like murderers and, you know uh, thieves we're talking about people who just uh, aren't careful and taking upon themselves these type of obligations so in that sense they're the shaim because they're bound to uh, uh, trip up and so you see it's really not a good thing to do but because they do do it so therefore if someone makes a reference to a vow like Rishaim, it is binding and similarly when it says <laughs> how do you know is going to create a that he's saying I'm not going to do this I'm not going to eat from you I'm not going to eat this thing how do you know it's a negative vow maybe it means that I'm going to eat it maybe it means something positive I'm going to eat that I will eat this vow how do you know that it's talking about something that would be a negative activity no it's talking about a case where he did it explicitly said uh um, uh, uh, hemenu, uh, where he said, Hemenu, that I'm going to be keep myself from it, like a, um, and I will not eat. So he has to add also those words. If he has also those words, then it's clear that he's making a Shavuah to keep away from something, right? But you're right. If he said a different language, then it would have a different meaning. Okay, now we ask, I if if that's the case, then what, what's the point? What, what are you teaching us, right? You're saying a whole thing that actually is quite explicit by the time you're adding all these words. Or, sorry, right? So that is sounds like it's almost a complete formula. So what are you teaching that this would be binding? Isn't that obvious? I might have thought, since I don't say the actual language of a if from my mouth, I didn't say I, I vow that I'm not going to eat this bread so I might I might have thought that it doesn't does not apply and therefore it teaches us that yes this is a vow if I, even if I say it like that of the that's an abbreviated form um, that is still a clear enough reference to a vow now some now on the other hand if someone says I take upon myself this vow I take upon myself something like the vow of Virtuous people, then it doesn't work. Kenid but if it's if he says like the free will offerings of a of righteous people, then it does apply. Mantana le lindava lema So now this Mishnah makes a distinction between neder and nedava, and it says, that righteous people would not make a neder. That's too overarching, but in Nedava, which is uh, more free will, I'm excited to do it, and uh, it applies just to the item itself, not to the person, even though usually that's what we call shivuah. But here we're using the word Neded as a a larger category, including um, that which is upon oneself. So who makes a distinction between a uh, a larger category, and a dava, that's just a free will offering. In that case, we say virtuous people do make those types of things. So it's not a me'id and it's not a bihuda. We don't know who would make such a, such a distinction. Because, here's their machloket, the tenya. Tov asher lo tidor. Here's the original pasuk in full. Tov asher lo tidor, velo Better not to make a vow than to vow and not fulfill it. Okay, so I think that's actually obvious. If you, if you vow and don't fulfill it, then that's really bad. You made a false vow. So certainly better not to make a vow at all. But is this pasuk going a step further and saying, even if you do fulfill it most of the time, um, still it's better not to vow at all, right? If you're going to want to do something good, just do it. And without making a vow, better to not make a vow at all, even if you do fulfill it. So, what is the meaning of this pasuk? As machloket tov zeh umizeh. Better than anyone is someone who does not make any vow. That's better than someone who makes a vow and fulfills it, and certainly better than someone who makes a vow and does not fulfill it. Don't make any vows. Okay. Rabbi Udas says the best thing is to make a vow and fulfill it. That's better than, certainly better than making a vow and not fulfilling it, but it's also better than not making a vow at all. So Rabbi Udas says it's okay, Tim, it's good to make vows as long as you fulfill it. Meir says don't make any vows at all. But their point is that neither of them distinguish between the types of vows doesn't matter if it's a neder or a Edava, Either way, according to the Bimeir, better not to make them at all. Either way, according to the Behuda, better to make them and fulfill them. And so who is the tana of our Mishnah that would distinguish between the two? So first we're going to say, afilu to to Bimeir. On tomorrow's daf, we're going to say, it can also be the Bihuda. But today only we're, go- we're only going to justify our Mishnah according to the Bimeir. When the best said best not to make any vows at all, that was talking about neder type of vow, the overarching one. But a nedava, a free will one, you do when you're excited and you make sure to limit it only to the item itself, uh, where you won't come to. Uh, it's uh, you, you're more much more likely to fulfill it, and there's not so much danger involved. That the did not say, and he would say, yeah, nedava, go for it it's nice it's good to say to make a nedava hold on how does has that fit with the language of the, of the Mishnah the Mishnah at the end said if he said like the free will offerings of righteous people then then it is a vow regarding a nazir and a korban and uses the word Nadar, even though it's talking about nedava so how does it mean that oh, you're right change the language change the language if he says, then that will be um, a, a free will offering. It's the language of a free will offering. And since righteous people do make free will offerings, when he takes himself upon, uh, upon himself an obligation for a nazir, but uses the language of like the nedava offerings that righteous people make. That righteous people do say, make Korban the and therefore it is a valid uh, formula. Um, okay, and Abimeir would agree with that because he was just warning people, don't make a nedet ever. Best never to make a nedet, even if you fulfill it. It's too dangerous. You never know what's going to happen. You forget. But a nedava, that people will do. It's right there. It's immediate. It's good. Okay. bali de Now we're going to elaborate more on what the difference is and why one is better than the other. What's the difference between a no dead? It says, don't ever make a near dead because you may come to a stumbling block. You're right. You may not do it. You may forget. You may get distracted. And also, things could go wrong. Even if you specify it's this animal that's going to be a, uh, a a korban, and so there's uh, and then if it if it gets lost, it's not it's not your problem. Uh, but nevertheless, that animal still has a lot of stumbling blocks. An animal that once you make it holy, you consecrate it, you're not allowed to work it, you can't shear it, you can't use it, and so there's a lot of opportunities to uh, misuse the this uh, this animal that's now kodesh. Uh, so be, maybe better not to do a nedava also. And the answer is kihilel hazakeh این ده تن یامرو علیه لیلا زکن what did Hillel do? They said regarding Hillel that he never misused, committed me'ilah. Me'ilah is if you use for personal gain something that is kodesh. That never had. He never had a problem with that. Um, uh, 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 regarding his ola, not only he didn't have a problem, even other people. If he made an animal an ola and even though he had other people that were that would uh, deal with the animal and help out other uh, you know uh, uh, shepherd hands no one ever committed me'ilah. hilal's whole life how how do he accomplish that so here's what he would do he would bring this uh, goat to chulin um uh, to the azara as chulin right he would not designate it he would not consecrate it as a sacrifice until he got right up to the betta mikdash and he got right to the court temple courtyard and only then he would say, oh, this is going to be a Qurban, a nedavah. And then he would put his hands upon it, as one does. The owner of an animal that's giving it, put his hands upon the, his head. And then he does shechita. So therefore, since it's only two minutes but between the time he consecrates it and the time that it will be, um, get, uh, you will do shechita, there's no chance that anyone will misuse it and so that's that's uh, that's what he did. So you see that and edavah indeed, especially if you do it the way Hillel did, is very is much less risky. Uh, that because what what's going to happen? You know, if he forgets on the way or something happens, it's okay. It was chulin the whole way, right? Even if someone uh, um, puts a burden on it, permitted because it's chulin. Whereas neded that is an obligation upon oneself, and there. Um, that's uh, that much much easier to get into trouble. Okay. All right. So this uh, this reasoning applies to an nedava regarding a korban. There you can do what Hilal did, because you could bring it right up to the courtyard, make it make it um, uh, holy, and then slaughter it right after. There's no chance for for mistakes. But what about the case of nazirut? Because the Mishnah mentioned that also, that the Kishirim, uh, that if you say, like a Nidvat Kishirim, I am a Nazir, that is a Nazir. But a Nazir, there's a lot of chance to mess up. You're going to be Nazir, usually standard, for 30 days. 30 days not to have any contact with, uh, with the dead, not to have anything from a grape. All right, these are difficult, difficult things to do. It's very easy to mess up. Maybe so, it should be better not to do it at all. So what about what about the case of Nidavah? How come that? How come that would should apply? Sabala ke Shimona Okay, because the Bimeir agrees with Shimon HaSedik. What does he say? Te'tanya Amar be Shimon HaSedik miyamai. It shouldn't be the B. Shimon HaSedik was not called to be. This is uh, later on someone put this in, right? But Shimon Sadiq, like all of the uh, sages during the second Betamikdash period, like Hillel and Chamai and Antignosh Issocha, uh, they don't the title rabbi was not in, in the use yet. Okay, Shimon Siddiq he says, lo asham nazir tameh He says, I never ate the asham of a nazir who became tame. If you have a nazir, he's not allowed to become tame. So let's say, you know, halfway in. Uh, he became Tameh. so in that case he has to bring in asham a guilt offering and become tah- tah- tahor. he has to come become Tahor, bring a guilt offering and he starts to start all over again okay so this would be eaten by the Kohanim Shimon Asadiq is a Kohen but he said I would never eat this uh this type of korban I didn't trust it uh we'll see we'll see why uh, uh, it's because the Uh, He was afraid that this Nazir, um, he probably took upon himself the Nazirot under uh, false pretenses. He wasn't really sure. He did it out of uh, impetuousness, right, to show off or because he was angry. And now he became tameh. you know, on day 20. And now he's going to have to bring an Asham, start all over again. So by, uh, when he starts all over again, he's not. He's going to say, "I really don't want to be a Nazir. I'm sorry I ever did this. Upon, took this upon myself. And because of that, that Asham will not be an actual Asham. You can't bring an Asham just because you feel like it. You can only bring an Asham because you are in fact guilty. So you can only bring an Asham if you are in fact a Nazir. But if he if he regrets ever having been a Nazir, then maybe he's actually not a Nazir and this Hashem is not a, koshe, a valid offering. So that's why Deb Shimon wouldn't do it. So that's why he says, I only saw one time in my life where there was an actual sincere Nazir. What was it? Ba Adam Nazir Lo One time someone this guy came from the south, he was a nazir, and I saw he had beautiful eyes, he was good looking, he had curled, curls in his hair, all nicely arranged, some kind of like a Greek hairdo. You can see that on statues now. Lo Beni So Rabbi, uh, so Shimon Al-Sadiq tells him, you became a Nazir? Why do you want to cut off this nice hair of yours? A Nazir is going to have to cut off his hair no matter what. If he f- fulfills his 30 days at the end of his term, that's part of the process. He has to cut off his hair. So, why why do you want to do that and cut off your hair? It looks so nice. I was a shepherd for my father in my city, and I went to draw water one time from the spring, and I saw my reflection in the pool. My inclination grabbed hold of me. And one to expel me from the world. In other words, I was uh, attracted to how beautiful I I was and I said, oh let me um, uh, use it to go and do uh, unlawful acts and uh, that would remove me from the spiritual world. And so I almost got caught up in uh, my own beauty. Uh, This reminds us of the Greek myth of Narcissus uh, who once also was very beautiful. He was once looking in the pool and he saw his reflection, and he couldn't stop looking at his reflection because he was so narcissistic. That's where the word comes from. And uh, he was uh, all self-absorbed, and he, that's it. He couldn't, he couldn't live the rest of his life um, because he couldn't look away. All right. So this is a parallel story, but this guy is not like narcissists. He did the opposite. So he says to himself, to his body, "You wicked one! Why are you priding yourself on something that isn't yours?" This your body is going to end up being worms and maggots. Why should why should anyone be proud of their external looks? And and right then and there he swore, I'm going to cut off that hair and, give it and, and donate it to heaven. How do you do that? Well, by becoming a Nazir. And so this was the true reason why someone should be a Nazir. Not out of, uh, uh, not out of guilt, not to impress others not to uh, bring good luck upon oneself none of the other reasons that people might bring be a nazir but this is exactly it a person was so attracted he was uh he was uh going to uh, uh pass over a, a, a line that he shouldn't pass and he said nazir i'm going to be a nazir to keep myself away from being attracted to this material um, ex- materialism and external looks. We had a maniti un shaktiv al rosho Amati amarti lo beni kamocha yirbu nazer Nazirut beisrael alecha kato mer ish ki aflil indol neder nazir lehazir lahashem. So Shimon said he heard that story and kissed the nazir on his head and said, "My son, may there be many nazirut that take upon themselves a nazir like you." It's about you that the pasuk had in mind that if you should make a an nedr and become a nazir to Hashem, right, you are the prime example of good, pure intentions and not doing it in a rash way. So Shimon Nasadiq uh, was saying, this is the only time he ever would eat from he ever ate from the Asham of a Nazir. He considered this to be a, a, a righteous one, a pure one, a valid one. Everyone else uh, he was suspicious of. So to be Meir, we're gonna we were answering must have held like Shimon Nasadiq, Sadiq that since a Nazir, the only real Nazir is a case like this, a person like this, surely will fulfill his days and do it properly. So there's no risk that he's gonna just take upon Nazir and then. And not fulfill it. So a case like this, a nazir like this, that you can trust, and so therefore a person like this, yes, better for him to be a nazir uh, than not vow to, not, not vow at all. Um, but, but anyone else, or anyone that's not as sincere as this person, better not to take, up, take upon yourself a nazirut, and that's better than being a nazir and not fulfilling it, and certainly better for sure. And even better, also, it's better than being a nazir and fulfilling it. Don't be a nazir at all unless you're this type of person. Okay. Now, a question about Shimon HaSiddiq. Matkif Rabbi Maneh. Asham Nazir Tameh DeLo Achal Tate Kol how come Shimon sadiq would not eat from an Hashem Nazir? He's assuming that the reason he wouldn't eat from an Hashem Nazir is because he made, he'd made a sin uh, by becoming Tameh. But that's true of any Asham. Anyone who's was bringing an Hashem is because he made a certain sin for which you have to bring an Hashem. So therefore Shimon sadiq should never eat from an Asham because it's always coming in consequence of a sin. Uh, the answer is Amar Bionah Holin explains that another uh, other people who bring in Asham. Okay, fine. They made a, they made this error. They made the sin. So they bring in Asham. That makes sense. It's a valid Asham, and you can eat it. The problem with with a Nazir is that uh, they are gonna regret their becoming a Nazir. Um, they they become a nazir why, and why they regret it because then they become tameh in the middle and now they just finished twenty days and then they have to start all over again another thirty days and uh, they then regret that they ever became a nazir in the first place and if that if it's true that they're, they're that they if they if they regret is valid, then they will never have been a Nazir in the first place and therefore they're ob- they would not be obligated to bring an asham. So then in that case, this animal that they're bringing is not an asham; It's a regular animal. You cannot allow to take a regular chulin animal and bring it to the courtyard and slaughter it and offer it. So it's an invalid sacrifice. You're not allowed to eat from it. That's why in the case of the asham of a Nazir, he would not eat it because he suspects that the person is not a valid Nazir to begin with. Whereas anyway Else who brings an Asham is because they actually did that sin. Uh, six categories of people bring an Hashem offering, the listed here. Okay, <laughs> hold on. In that case, even a Nazir who was ritually pure and he finished his Nizirut just fine. How come how, uh, how come Shimon Sadiq would eat from that? He should also refrain from those. Na, the, the korbanot that he makes. Nazir no, it does not apply to that. That person is not a problem. Because that person, he assessed himself. He thinks, he says, I'm able to make this vow. And he keeps his vow. So then that would be a valid, uh, a valid Nazir. That's just fine. It's only the one who became Tamer and has to bring in asham. That's the one uh, that Bishimon would say. Oh, he probably he may have regretted it, and therefore he would not have be, been, 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 a, been a Nazir in the first place. This is one answer to our original question. Who is the author of our Mishnah that distinguishes between Nedir and Nedava? It can, in fact, be Rabbi Meir. Next off, we're going to say maybe it could even be Rabi Yehuda. But uh, so far, we we see that the the theme of the Daf is there's really a lot of risks uh, 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 in taking upon oneself a vow and therefore um, this is a way of people who are not careful irresponsible they take vows but people who are virtuous should not take vows generally should not take vows at all Baruch Adonai amen v'amen.